Blog Talk Radio. Come back home to Africa. Come back home 
divine, all blessed, peace and love, joy and prosperity, revelation and manifestation. You are now listening live to the Divine Prince, Pan-African spiritualist, practitioner, author and advisor, Elaguna Loye, Hudu Obeya Bokur, sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, universal, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from a Pan-African Hoodoo world spiritualist perspective. Understanding that all is indeed a blessing if you can just see beyond the veils, for it is all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is my constant prayer, my mantra, affirmation, reverberation, reiteration, and my ever-living reality. It is crucial to the very foundation of my understanding, my teaching, my walk, my works along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey. It is how I, the Divine Prince, make sense out of all that we are challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother, Father Earth. And it is my personal place of power and understanding, the place from where I begin, the place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine, all-blessed reality. And so it is. I say, I say, oh, I say today, this Monday, December 10th, 2018, and I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you live, virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum, universally from this working temple of the House of the Divine Prince, Thai Potions, Hoodoo Central, Black Hawk Voodoo, in this legendary, historic, beautiful, and most enchanted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana, the land of my ancestors and those who came before me along this spiritualist Hoodoo Obey a Life Path and Journey, passing down the great Obiastic along with the knowledge of healing, life-giving herbs, roots, plants, rituals, spirits, and minerals. Please do continue to join me, support me, share with me here at high noon U.S. Central Standard Time for the Power Lunch, revolutionary hoodoo, New Orleans voodoo secrets and recipes here on Blog Talk Radio. My live listen-in and call-in number is area code 347-215-8967. 347-215-8967. When you are ready with your question, comment, or request, please do be patient and press the number one on your telephone keypad, and I will unmute your mic and bring you into this squared circle of gods and goddesses. My website where I can be reached utilizing various means virtually 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year is www.houseofthedivineprince.com. Please also join me and Denise Augustine and Historic Treme at www.oursacredstory.com, www OurSacredStories.com All is truly and indeed a blessing Because I am Because my creators are 
all-powerful, open, and receptive to all that operates for my good here and now in this divine moment in time space. For indeed I am, just as each and every one of you are, the conduit, if you will, between the earth plane and, and spirit, the conduit, if you will, between yourself and your present manifestation and demonstration and that of your ancestors. We are the manifestation of the seeds and the dreams and the hopes and the wishes and in some cases the anger and the brokenness of our ancestors. So indeed, without healing, there is no standing up in our God selves. Without healing, there is no true apprehension of the power that is available to us by way of the ancestors, but also by way of the spirit realm. And I'm not just talking, you know, fantasy and imagination and and sort of this creative imagination that seems to follow this trending desire for voodoo. I'm talking about real-world result-oriented application. And we cannot have a conversation about voodoo without having a conversation about spirituality and religion, without having a conversation about ancestors, without having a conversation about slavery. And I don't care where in the diaspora you hail from. You are not, you cannot come authentically into the realm, the space that ATR inhabits and not acknowledge the ancestors humbly, honorably, with integrity. And that shows up then in our demonstration. That then shows up in our behavior. That then shows up in our character and our personality. There's a belief out there. There's a, there's a book out there propagating the false belief that voodoo is just business. And once we accept that voodoo is just business, then it, then it is a, indeed a free-for-all, a free-for-all. If we do not hail sacred space, acknowledge sacred space, honor sacred space, understanding, we had this conversation in the last show, there's that physical space that we confer sacredness upon. There's a space in your home, in your environment that you confer sacredness to and you position the, the symbols and the icons and the energy of your ancestors there, and you tell that space is sacred. There is that space that is sacred, that is not dimensional, if you will, that it's not measured, <laughs> that it's not marked off uh, in, in tax dollars and, and liens and property. But we're talking about the spirit realm itself, that place where Papalegba stands at the crossroads, where earth and heaven and science and magic meet. And, and in, there has to be a balance. There has to be a balance. If I hear another story, another experience, another request with dummy tags 
attached to it. I, I think I might scream. <laughs> a dummy tax, one of my favorite TV judge uses that phraseology. We pay a dummy tax when we do things to ourselves, when we set ourselves up for failure in only a way that you can, in only a way that the individual can, and that's the dummy tax. So when when the doctor, for instance, says you need healing, you're dealing with elevated sugar levels, and, and you need to uh, quite possibly change your diet and, and, and maybe take this prescription and maybe exercise and, and, and take some, some other forms of therapy and we choose not to adhere to that, we choose to eat what we want and do what we want, in some expectation that appeal is going to fix it, in some expectation that there's going to be some magic wand that's going to repair that. And so the idea, the fantasy idea of voodoo, that that the gods and the ancestors and, and the greatest forces of our universe are concerned with our pettiness and our concerns that are not elevating us to a higher state, to a higher place, then ultimately we pay a dummy tax for that. So to hear another story of I gave large sums of money to somebody who had no footprint, who had no history of operating in spirituality and religion, who had no imagery, no videos, no documentation of even being present in the community, of being even in the space, the sacred space, that healing space with other qualified practitioners. I hear one more story of someone paying the dummy tax because you refuse to do the homework. You refuse to educate yourself. You refuse to find out the truth so that you could stand in your truth as you walk this journey of spirituality and religion. Many of us claim to be walking the path, seeking, searching, and somehow in, in the modern context, there's no, no responsibilities attached to that. <coughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. There's this sense that um, it's all magical. It's all instantaneous. It all happens overnight. It all happens in seven days. It all happens, you know, in, in a very set, you know, almost like cooking ramen noodles in the microwave. You know, you put it in a bowl, you add water, you open the packet. You have a set time frame of expectation, and then the bell rings, and it's all prepared and together for you. And so as long as we continue to think in that sort of uh, instantaneous gratification, uh, sort of have it your own way, 24 hours a day, we'll ship it to you in the mail for nine ninety nine, sort of mentality, then you're only going to be setting yourself up for the trick. Eshu is not in the business of tricking. Papa Legba is not in the business of tricking people for the sake of entertainment. I often uh, analogize uh, Legba as being synonymous with uh, 
ego. And so when we when we fall into our own foolishness, when we refuse to do the work, when we when we look for a shortcut to something, expecting a different result than the same result we've gotten many times before when we took the shortcut, then we have got to begin to look at voodoo, consciousness, ATR, at a much deeper level, much more real level. And one of the ways that I like to do that is by remembering those ancestors through the middle passage into the so-called new world and the conditions thrive in, survive in. We often hear sort of this saying that as long as someone else is telling the narrative, as long as someone else is telling our story, until the legitimate authentic practitioners of this tradition stand up and tell their story, then we will continue to get the remix of, of the same old narrative that seek to disempower the African born in America. The same narrative that say that you have no God, you have no roots, you have no understanding, you have no lineage. The same narrative that says that you desperately need us, your cousin, your second cousin, your third cousin from the island, from south of the border to somehow door you to your wholeness. As long as we continue the narrative that we must accept these stories of mistruth, then we cannot expect to not only gain sort of these whimsical, magical results people are seeking from our traditions, but you will never realize, realize the power that lies within your very bloodline, that lies within your lineage, that lies within your DNA, that lies within your heart and your spirit. West African enslaved brought not only herbal knowledge with them across the Atlantic, they also imported the actual seeds. Some were necklaces of wild licorice seeds as a protective amulet. Captains of slaving vessels used native roots to treat fevers that decimated their human cargo. The ship's hellish holes were lined with straw that held seeds of African grasses and other plants that took root in the New World. Moreover, since the West African climate is similar to the climate in the mid-Atlantic region, slaves may have found counterparts to their own plant species. And we've talked before about the food products, the produce, the, the supposed fruits and vegetables that we consume regularly as, as sort of an American thing is something that was brought here by way of the middle. And certainly the herb lore, the storehouse of knowledge contained within the plant life held by these enslaved Africans would have been expanded with contact with Native Americans, indigenous people in this land, with indeed contact with European um, medicine and knowledge to some degree. And so we cannot continue 
the narrative that the voodoo didn't survive, that somehow we went dormant from the neck up for a few hundred years and just forgot how to count, forgot what we saw Big Mama do and what we saw Big Papa do, we have documented narratives that go into detail about the enslaved African experience, including those that not only speak to and and reference, conjure, um, not voodoo, not those words, but but we have to look at the time period um, in antebellum South that we're talking about in a common word that you will find in documented material is, is the word conjure. And it will often be in association either with some of the uh, modern foolishness that we see today as it relates to hoodoo and voodoo, you know, the love spell and the good luck charm and help me at gambling and help me defeat my enemy, um, all those sort of fleshly, carnal, um, lower chakra-based intriguing motivations as opposed to actual healing, therapy, protection and defense from from flogging and whippings and, and forms of torture where our enslaved ancestors held on to the only things that they could hold on to, that they were allowed to hold on to, that they could hold on to in some level of, of secrecy even, hidden in, in, a, in a satchel packaged uh, in a Gregory the way somewhere. But the idea that we lost connection to our rhythms, our sense of counting, our math, and ultimately our gods and our deities um, is just a narrative that cannot survive in today's environment. There's too much technology. The access to technology and information not only uh, gives us a greater degree of information to now look at, but also compounds the very thing that we are uh, sort of in um, battle with, and that is the telling and the retelling of our story by others. When we look at these books, these documents, we must always consider who the author is, where the author's from, what's the author's motivation, uh, in many cases, what's, what's the author's religion, uh, what is their goal, what is their purpose in the sharing and, and the telling of the material. And so that's why our scholars who do the intensive research of, of drawing lines between facts and history and documentation to help us to complete our story is is so invaluable. The slave medicine, um, as it were, was the only medicine available to the black man and woman and child um, during the time of slavery, during the time of of the disempowered African-American who had no access to medical care whatsoever. And so in an environment where uh, Richard 
toller, for instance, is a a slave ancestor who um, wrote an archive, I believe, that is being shared in a document called Herbal Lessons from American History by Messiah B. Robinson, Ph.D., and Frank H. Robinson, Sr., M.D. Uh, I'm looking at a uh, Michael Fish from uh, July, August 1998. Richard Toller, age 100, remembered slave owners cared for their slaves in the same way that they cared for the livestock. So when slaves fell ill, they often treated them using remedies made from boniset, sage, and other herbs. Richard Toller, 100 years old, uh, resident of Alabama. What does mustard have to do with pneumonia? Many people may not know, but the two of us can still remember the pungent smell of the mustard plasters our grandmother prepared and put on our father's chest to cure him of pneumonia. We can also recall the foul smell of the asphatida, a gum resin of a plant that is a member of the Parsley family that mom made us wear around our necks to repel all illnesses and plagues, both known and unknown. And some of these memories that are recited in these slave narratives um, remind me of some of the things even from my generation and my grandparents and great-grandparents' generation that continued to survive, not just in Louisiana, but, but, but Mississippi and, and throughout the South. When we are looking for the footprint of voodoo, there, there are many arenas that we have to consider not only the environment in which voodoo was forced to thrive and survive in, <clears throat> excuse me, the the legalities centered around the politics of being black uh, in America, but then also you have to look at our lifestyle. And, and we've looked at, to some degree, a church, for instance, the spiritualist churches, the, the old a pattern of, of, of African-Americans empowering themselves through church. But we haven't done as much looking into not only herbs and plants, but some of the things we talked about in the previous show, uh, artifacts, uh, white artifacts, for instance, stones, pieces of bone, things that might survive time in an archaeological perspective that would greater awareness of old-time religion. Um, I did a show a, a few years back about codes, coded songs, coded material, um, and, and we talked about many of the, the spirituals and, and so-called, you know, black Negro spirituals in particular that have been masked behind religion, particularly Christianity, but clearly speak to something older, and one of those that fits in my spirit is old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. It was good enough for my dear mother. And, and, and it goes on and on. It talks about who it was good enough for, 
those who came before you, if you will, both literally and figuratively, symbolic references to family, but also uh, symbolic references to those who came before, to ancestors. When I hear the term religion, I, I hear slave religion, and I don't have a problem with, with the, the wording of slave religion. Uh, it, it's all voodoo. It's all hoodoo. It has been syncretized, appropriated, and many other things, but it's all voodoo. And so when we look at these archives and these documents that are available to us today that speak to uh, plants, that speak to remedies that would uh, heal a salve for not just the body, but also the spirit. You hear me talk about result-oriented practice. And so indeed, if your child is sick, if your spouse is injured, if you indeed yourself need physical well-being, physical healing, you're going to seek a result from that plant. You're going to seek a result from that divination and reading. And from that should be a prescription and a remedy that not only eases the pain, but in many cases resolves the issue. And the knowledge of these plants was often just as coded as was the voodoo itself. So when you hear talk about whey bread, wag bread, white man's foot, and you see that reference in a document, are you sure you know what you're seeing? Are you seeing English man's foot or are you seeing a reference to a plant or an herb? Are you seeing a reference to the plantain herb, which is a very common uh, herb that was in usage during antebellum slavery and, and prior? Um, I named the show today Devil's Shoestring. Devil's Shoestring was a, a common slave name for plantain. So the mysteries are still yet to be uncovered, and they must be uncovered in an authentic desire to not only journal voodoo, document voodoo, record voodoo, uh, uh, you know, put voodoo in in, in an artistic museum, uh, university, uh, you know, context, but we also must allow those who are operating actively right now, fully, 360 days out of the year, in this tradition, we must allow them to have a voice and a platform by which this information is, is shared and expanded upon. My desire is that we have a platform to move forward on which is not only result-oriented, but is a, a, if not an alternative, a replacement to many of the systems that have failed us previously. Um, and they, they include not only spirituality and religion, but to some degree medicine, psychology, uh, uh, therapeutic uh, healing endeavors, uh, the brokenness that exists at the soul level, in the generations of these descended 
uh, children of, of ancestors who were enslaved and went through the middle passage. We commonly reference that as PTSD today, post-traumatic slave disorder. But there's so much more to the voodoo than just quick fix magic. There's so much more to voodoo than just a spell and getting some kind of temporary, you know, illusion of a fix, as opposed to really applying these arts, these sciences, in a way that is enduring, that is lasting, that is healing, that is empowering. Um, my story of, is one of, of overcoming disempowerment. My story is one of overcoming the, the odds and the obstacles that, that suggest that I should have been a statistic. My story is one of overcoming doors that were fastened shut to people like me. And, and now... I have mobility in arenas that I would have never dreamed before because of the voodoo. And so we must allow those who are operating in truth, documented truth. If I hear one more story that you spent a whole lot of money with somebody who you can't even find a, a accurate current photo of online, I'm going to pull what little hair I got left out remembering that all is truly and indeed a blessing. Until next time, it is Revolutionary Hoodoo, New Orleans Voodoo Secrets and Recipes here on Blog Talk Radio with the Divine Prince. All is truly and indeed a blessing. Ashe. Dash of cayenne to the root Gonna put on my Greek grease suit Boil a gumbo Hot and steady Don't care if ready, ready Gonna pray at that old cemetery Down on Claiborne where she's buried Build a fire on the bayou When a black cat scratch at two Under a full moon that's blue Chant some magic words, Kufaru A dash of cayenne to the rule Gonna put on my Greek grease Black top hat, black suit too, single rod that Moses through. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black shades too. A dash of cayenne to the roof, gonna put on my grief. Black top hat, 
black suit too Same old ride that Moses threw I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you Can't see my eyes, black shades too Going pray at the old cemetery Down on Claiborne where she's buried A dash of cayenne to the roof Gonna put on my Greek grease Black top hat, black suit too. Same old ride that Moses threw. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black sheets too. Gonna pray at that old cemetery. Down on Claiborne where she's buried. A dash of cayenne to the room. Gonna put on my Greek, Greek suit. 